Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Happy Thursday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. We've got a big show for you. Ahead, Jonathan Taves says goodbye to Chicago and to the Blackhawks. What does that mean? We've got an in-studio guest coming up here in about 15 minutes. Sean Sullivan in his extensive collection of game-worn Blackhawks jerseys. I'm looking at the bag right now. I'm looking at my escape plan and figuring out which ones I'm <laughs> going to patio take. patio door. I'm going to get a shirtless uh, dark guy. He's going to yeah. put a ladder right there for me. And I'll be on my we, way. We, we, we know his identity. It's, it's Frank, he, right? he, he reached out. I don't remember what, what it was. What was his name? No. Mike? Mike. His uh, name Mike. is Shirtless Dark It's Shirtless Dark Guy. Put some respect you gotta, on his Yeah, name. It's, you, don't, you, don't, uh, you don't break kayfabe with nobody, Shirtless Dark Guy. Nobody, nobody will suspect Shirtless Dark Guy stealing no shirts. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he'd be the last <laughs> guy. Perfect <laughs> crime. <laughs> See? My plan, was, my plan is yeah. flawless. You need All one of those zip lines like in Home Alone from end to end. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast today, we appreciate you. Make sure you uh, subscribe, follow all that stuff on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. But if you are a podcast listener, you might want to, for the Sean Sullivan segment, go find the YouTube video mm-hmm. and find the segment where the jerseys come out because it's be much more visual. rewarding. A lot of visual work on yeah. this one. So yes. make sure you, if you've not checked it out before, check out the YouTube, youtube.com slash Sports is our main page. You'll find it very easily there. And while you're there, subscribe to the page and smash that like button for us on the video. And you all watching live, I see you in there. Smash that like button for us as well. All right, so let's get started. Uh, About two hours ago or so, Jonathan Taves posted a video on his Instagram, at Jonathan Taves. That's what you say on Instagram, right? At? Yeah, sure. sure. Okay. Um, His Instagram. The gram. The gram. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Tave says, it. it's hard to find words to describe the 16-year journey that has made this city my home. Aside from three Stanley Cups, the parades, and the countless memories made with my teammates, what is still most special to me was feeling a true connection to the people of this city. To Blackhawks fans, it was surreal to witness and be part of the revival of hockey in Chicago. There was nothing like the roar of the madhouse when we scored a big goal to tie it or win it late in a game. As players, we try to reciprocate that heart and soul energy we felt from you. I honestly believe it's what made us so tough to beat in the later games of a playoff series. You are the best fans in the world, and I'm so thankful we shared so many special moments together. To the Blackhawks organization, the late Rocky, Danny, and all the words family, all of my coaches, GMs, athletic and equipment trainers, strength coaches, scouting staff, and all those that put it all together, it is not lost on me. 
that all the work you do behind the scenes leads to all of our success on the ice. You showed up every day to help us achieve our dreams, and for that, I am forever grateful. To my Blackhawks teammates, I consider you all lifelong friends and brothers. We share a bond that's hard to break. Whether you reach the mountaintop or not, we can all agree it's grinding through the tough moments together that we'll really miss. To all of you, I say thank you. You made my time here in Chicago unforgettable. That is signed Taser. So, Taser. with that, uh, not a lot of clarity on the future. And I think if you were to look at that, you would assume Jonathan Taves is retiring. Sure. I made a couple calls, a couple texts after that came out, and I said, what do I make of this here video? And from what I understand, and there is supposed to be another video or another statement coming, it was supposed to be about an hour ago, and it hasn't come yet. Um, but it's coming. That will lend a little more clarity. But as of this moment, what I understand is that he's going to skip the 2023-24 season and is hoping to play at age 36 after missing a full season in 2024-25. With this statement, this sounds like a big acknowledgement, and it's not a surprise, that it will not be for the Blackhawks one way or the other. We knew that already. Yes, we knew that. Um, Like when you sent that post to us in our group chat, I had to look at the date because I was like, dude, this is, he sent this in April, right? This, yeah. this is four months old, this post. Yeah. And I was like, no, wait, this is today. Okay, weird. Um, but he didn't say anything final. I just, I don't know. I, I'll start this by saying, as I've said many times, I love Jonathan Taves for what he's done for this organization, for this city, for the sport. One of the greatest Blackhawks of all time. Maybe maybe the most important Blackhawk of all time on ice. Uh, he's definitely in the Mount Rushmore of this organization. Yeah. I just want Jonathan Taves to do the best for the long-term future of Jonathan Taves. Yeah. I'm not inside his head. I don't know how he feels every morning. But it just seems that like he's just trying to grasp on a little long maybe i don't know what his doctors are telling him i'm not going to speculate on that just feels like the long term the best for the long term of jonathan daves is to say yes i've had a great career it's time to move on taking a whole year to come back at 36 to play seven minutes a night as the fourth line center for the seattle kraken what does that do a for jonathan daves's legacy what does that do for his long-term health i don't know i don't i just want him to listen to his body and maybe his body is telling him different things again i'm not jonathan taves i'm not in his head i don't know what he's feeling i just don't know if if he's having trouble getting his body to play hockey this year what is taking a year off of not playing hockey going to change i don't know so i'm i'm hoping eventually he tells us what he's going to do and if he wants to play another year next year then I wish him the best, and I hope what he thinks can happen will happen for him. I just don't understand the need. Maybe it's a little of the I – under, I mean, I do understand that he's one of the most competitive people mm-hmm. to ever play any sport. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. what drives him. I know he sees guys like Sidney Crosby and Malkin and Ovechkin who are of, around his age and of his era that are still playing at a high level and that probably motivate well Sidney Crosby's still playing I can too but Sidney Crosby isn't dealing with the health issues yeah, that's so right, and the, right. What, what the, the unfortunate thing is none of this is his fault you know it's not like he he did anything to put himself in a bad situation and no he just right. it's just bad luck and I know yeah. it's got to be frustrating because forever he was compared to Crosby and there was a 
brief period where people would have, a, a lot of people would have taken Taves over Crosby because of the complete aspect of his game. And now he just, his body has betrayed him so badly that maybe he's just holding on to hope. And it felt like when he said goodbye after the last game of the season, the last home game of the season, that he was done. He sort of saying like, you know, I haven't made a decision yet, but man, if it was over, this would be a great way to end it. You know, all those sort of things. Yeah. And now with time, you know, maybe his mind's changing. But again, I thought maybe Bergeron and Krejci walking away would have been a little bit of a, okay, good timing for me to do the same. It just doesn't feel like he's ready to give it up just yet. It seems like it's it could be him kind of deferring the decision um, and just kind of saying, you know what, I, I still don't know exactly how I'm going to feel physically. Um, and just saying, like, I, I want to probably still wants to have that last go around uh, on his own terms uh, in the NHL. But, you know, maybe the, the, the opportunity wasn't going to be there in Chicago uh, for the 23-24 season. So maybe he's just saying, I, I don't know if I want to give up on my body just yet. Um, take, the, take the time off. And maybe that time off is a taste of retirement. It's, it's, it's a short, it's, it's a year away from hockey where you know, you're not constantly training. You're not, you know, you're trying to push your body to the limits or anything like that um, to where he can say, you know, this, this could be a taste of life after hockey. Uh, and and see if you know if, if he could be comfortable with it. And so I I just go back to you know the end of last year where you know he was the, the last few weeks of the season he was talking he was just like you know playing those games at the end of the year and in, in in you know February March uh, in April it just he was talking about how going to practice you know the grind of of practices and skates and games and everything and travel. He just felt like he was doing more damage than than there was benefit. So, unless he's going to be playing for a team that has the best chance to win the Stanley Cup in twenty four twenty five, which I mean, you don't know. <laughs> you won't. You don't know yeah. until the Cup final is set. Who has the best chance at it? So, um, yeah, I just I, I I wonder how much he wants to continue to to grind his body that way. Uh, what the reward would be and, you know, how much he maybe is just avoiding retirement because he still has that competitive edge like you were talking about uh, to him. So, yeah, it, it, it could just be kicking the can down the road and then maybe making a final decision at some point next summer. Yeah. Or truly trying to see what the, uh, what the free agent market – think about the free agent market next summer. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, this yeah. – if, if he was trying to find a, you know, find a home – this summer would have been better than next summer when the yeah. quality of free agent that's out there is going to be way better than and this I year. I don't see too many GMs lining around up around the block to get a crack at 36-year-old Jonathan Taves who hasn't played in a year. Right. There's so many unknowns. I mean, we're talking about the unknowns in Patrick Kane, right. who's coming off a hip surgery. But Patrick Kane has played at a higher level these past two or three years. Yeah. I mean, this, is the go this will be the second time in four years that Jonathan Taves has sat out an entire season. Right. It also seems like the nature, and I don't know for sure, but just based on what we know, it seems like the nature of this issue he's dealing with is not something that's going to go away with time. It's not a shoulder surgery right. or a ACL tear. 
It is something internal. It is something that will be with him for a long time. And probably and get worse. I would imagine so. I, again, I don't know. Yeah. And hopefully he is listening to his body and not just trying to hang on for whatever's left. But like you said, Greg, next year, next summer, huge free agent class. Yes, the cap is expected to go up. It never will go up as much as we hoped. <laughs> We've learned that through the history of time. Yeah. yeah. People are talking big now, but I guarantee you it won't be as that, big as we're talking. $20 increase. Woo, yeah, can't right. Wait. <laughs> and if you're, ta- if you're talking about him joining a contender in whatever role it might be, Unless he's going to go the Blake Wheeler route and sign for eight hundred thousand, which is probably what it's going to take, um, that, that minimum, I'm m- sure. Most teams that are going to be in the position to want to solidify their roster with Jonathan Taves are going to be counting every penny up to the cap and saying we've got to best utilize every dollar we have yeah. to give ourselves the best chance. And if Jonathan Taves is going to start feeling like ass around Christmas again and not be able to play the rest of the year or play at a you know half the season or play at a, you know, 60% health and already what he's, you know, fallen to just from the natural decline. That's a, that's a risky venture for a lot of teams. And he started off the season. I mean, he, uh, we know he missed the whole uh, bubble season and then came back and had one of his statistically, one of his worst seasons. But as we've said many times, give everybody a free pass on the, on the, 2021 season uh, or the 21 22 season because it was just such a train wreck of a year with everything that happened. That's fine. Yeah. He started off real well last year. You know, October was a great month for John Taves. Like, oh my God, he's rejuvenated. He scored the first goal of the season. First goal of the season. And almost the last goal of the season. Yeah. He was was playing well and we were all kind of like, all right. And then as the season went on, that tapered off a little bit, and then, you know, the whole illness. And the, yeah. so just so many question marks still remain, and they're going to remain, and we're going to have the same conversations until he finally says, I've had my career, you know, and maybe a little time away from the game, he decides, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I, I'm ready to step away. I just don't want him to do anything that's going to hurt him long term or something like, you know, Corey Crawford. With the yeah. Devils, I can give this one more shot. And he was out there for like four days. I said, "Yeah, no, yeah, I, I can't do this." Right. Yeah, I, you know, it just his legacy doesn't need any of that. His legacy is cemented; it's in stone. That's my worry. Nothing's is going to change it. Like, if anything, this will only hurt it for for a while. I mean, I think a lot. Like, I think a lot of people have already forgotten that Duncan Keith played one year for the Edmonton Oilers, <laughs> yeah. and that was just two yeah. years ago. Yeah. So if he does come back and he plays 50 games for, you know, whoever, you know, the San Jose Sharks or the, or the you know, the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. And, and by the time a year passes, no one's going to remember. It's going to be like yeah. Mike McDonald playing for the Detroit Red Wings, you know. Or, or Wendell Clark playing for the Blackhawks. No oh. one's going to remember. What right, a week yeah. that was. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't imagine him trying to come back and, and, and play one more year does anything to, you know, tarnish a legacy or anything like that. It just it just adds a weird final chapter. And, and I don't know. I I agree. I think I'd, I'd, I'd love for him to just, you know, only be a Blackhawk, um, listen to his body, you know, have don't 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 put yourself through any unnecessary, uh, you know, pain or or anything like that. Uh, 
to, to try and, you know, ride off into the sunset as a Stanley Cup champion with another team. I, I mean, it just if, – if he had no – if he had no uh, accolades, no Stanley Cups, nothing like that, I could I could understand yeah. more of the you know what I, w- I want to take a year off, I want to get my body right, and I want to want have one more full health go at it. Sure, I can understand that. But doing everything that he did uh, in his career has done in his career, um, there's really nothing more that you know. One being is there a huge difference between being a three-time Stanley Cup champion and a four-time Stanley Cup champion? It's marginal. It's nice. Four is sure. bigger than three, sure, but it it definitely doesn't take away anything that he's yep. he's he's done uh, previously. So, yeah, I I I hope he listens to uh, to his body, and and if his body is telling him, yeah, you got seventy more games in you, all right, go for it. He's got nothing to prove to any of us or anybody in the hockey world. I yeah. think he's trying to prove something to himself at this yeah. point. That that tracks with his personality. Yeah, and I just. You know, hey, I'd love him to come back in a year and prove all the doubters wrong and come back and play 75 games and and have 40 points and be, you know, the best John. I'd love to see that. I I will always be a fan of Jonathan Taves no matter where he's playing, but I I don't know. Count me in as one of the doubters. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if it's doubt in him. It's just I think it's – for me, the doubt lies in – other teams wanting to take a flyer on him, yeah. you know, and and I think that, I think that he will work his way into game shape somehow. Remember what he said, like last year, he said it took me until right before the season began for me to be able to start working out because I knew that I had X amount of time before my body started reacting poorly. So he waited as late as he possibly could. We heard at the beginning of camp he came in really overweight. We didn't have the context then, but he looked bigger and not like in a oh he's been working out kind of a way kind of the opposite way mm-hmm. um and we found out why so can he ramp up in the course of what will be a calendar year plus before the 2024-25 season begins maybe if, if anyone's gonna do it i would i would put my money on jonathan taves doing it yeah, yeah maybe uh he's gonna be spending the weekend in uh slovakia maybe marion hosa puts his arm around him and say listen yeah <laughs> From one guy whose body told him he can't play anymore despite what his heart wanted, let's go have a chat. Yeah. Let's go sit down and talk this over. Larry says in a chat, did we talk about why he put this out now? Is it the Hosa game? I would assume he's doing this ahead of the Hosa game, so it doesn't take the attention away from Hosa. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's uh, that's tomorrow. That game is tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, he's going to be there. He doesn't want the entire experience to be questions about him. Now, I think... There are going to be questions about him now, one way or the other. But you didn't want the first time he'd spoken this offseason to be right before he takes the ice in a game honoring Marion Hosa. Right. By doing this today, he's able to clear things up, get a statement out. Maybe he'll say, I will not accept any questions about this. Um, yeah. You know. By the way, statement just came out. Hey, there we go. I just refreshed, and here it is. This is the latest from Jonathan Taves' Instagram. I'd like to announce that I am not fully retiring – but I'm taking time away from the game again this season. I cannot deny my love for the game of hockey and still feel the passion for competing at my highest level. However, these last few seasons have been very difficult considering my health challenges. My focus is to give myself the time and space to fully heal and enjoy life to the fullest once again. Along the way, I have met several people who have struggled with health issues pertaining to long COVID, 
chronic immune response syndrome, and other similar cases that are quite complex. I now recognize the importance of one day sharing the details of my health journey with you all. Thank you to all of you who have supported me and respected my privacy in the process. So there it is. Jonathan Taves not retiring. Like we said, taking the year off to reevaluate and hoping to get back in the next season. So there it is. It and came that, just in time. And there you go. <laughs> and that statement Good doesn't timing. say I'm for sure playing next season, just as I want to. Right. Let's see where we we'll are, see where we are from now and see what happens. So again, yeah. I think I could speak for the three of us when I say hoping for nothing but the best for, for Jonathan Taves and he gets everything he wants and desires. Um, but uh, hoping, uh, you know, he makes the right decision for the long-term future of Jonathan Taves. He's still got a lot to offer the game of hockey outside of strapping on a pair of skates. 100%. And if you want to get into your long-term future, you can do it Seamless. at Lewis University. We're Seamless. going to talk to Sean Sullivan here in a second in his vast collection of game-worn jerseys. But first, we want to tell you about my alma mater, Lewis University. Students are just like you with full-time jobs, families, and full-time sports fandoms. You can go back to school and earn a respected degree at Lewis University. It's 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville. And Lewis is ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. They partner with employers for tuition discounts and offer evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance work, family, and education. And fa their faculty brings real-world experience and instruction to the classroom, <laughs> which is immediately relevant to your career. Lewis offers career support and academic resources for all adult students. If you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right one for you. Lewis offers several career-focused programs that will set you up for success. How about computer science? Eight-week sessions, they can be completed in one year with concentrations in software engineering, artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, digital forensics, enterprise, and cloud computing. They've also got cybersecurity. Lewis is a Department of Homeland Security uh, Center of Academic Excellence, providing students with scholarship funding not available elsewhere. You got business analytics, uh, data science, criminal justice, public safety, and the undergrad accelerated degree completion programs are computer science, aviation maintenance technology certificates. Yes, that's a big aviation school. Uh, business analytics, criminal justice, business programs, technology programs. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this and become a flyer like me lewisu.edu slash you can do this you can do this and hey uh what goes good with college books books learning and uh relaxing taking some time off and cannabis in, in between yeah cannabis yeah there Speed. we go that's cutting the <laughs> cutting you the get path high? Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, indeed. absolutely. I was sorry. I'm sorry. I was distracted by Jonathan Tays and it happens doing stuff. Hey, what I'm talking about is Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary, your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer. It is a one-stop shop for all of your cannabis needs, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. They have easy online ordering, in-store pickup, and a great transparency, a transparent loyalty program called Sunnyside Rewards. They are Illinois' 
favorite dispensary, and they have uh, tons of in-house brands to choose from at Sunnyside. They got Mindy's, the best-tasting gummy and chocolate edibles created by James Beard Award-winning chef Mindy Siegel and Cresco Labs. Uh, they got High Supply, which offer quality weed that's always available. Buds are expertly grown, lab-tested, available in vape carts, vape pens, flour, popcorns, shake, uh, pre-rolls, shorties, and concentrates. They also got Wonder from well, the Wonder Wellness Company, and they want to make the world of cannabis simple to understand and easy to experience for everybody. The brand's low-dose formulations offered in gummies and mints allow people to control their high, whether it's for microdosing throughout the day or easing into their cannabis experience, uh, and many, many more. Throughout the month of August, head to sunnyside.shop and use the code CHGO25 at checkout, and you're going to get 25% off of your total order. It is one use per customer and not stackable with other promotions, but it's not only for new customers. Anyone can use that code CHGO25 at checkout. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer with Sunnyside. Must be 21 or older or an Illinois medical card holder. <laughs> Look at that. Uh-oh. Well, they, <laughs> whoa! As, as Studio say, renovation in progress. It is, uh, it is right. construction. Yeah. We get two seasons in Chicago: winter vroom, and construction. Vroom. So, the construction season has. Uh, I'm out of sound effects, yeah. Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Look at that! Wow, uh, what a job! Look at that. Look at that. We, we expanded need, our studio. We need we need Hogue to give us our camera back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see on my left. Uh, stage right. Uh, that is Sean Sullivan. He is at Sully26 on Twitter, and he runs two websites on Blackhawks jerseys. BlackhawksJerseyHistory.Weebly.com and BlackhawksWarmUpJerseys.Weebly.com. He has a collection of game-worn jerseys throughout Hawks history. I see here 1955, soon to be 1926. Going all the way back to the start, eventually. You're, are you um, close to acquiring one from 1926? I, no, not acquiring one, but at least documenting the history. And Okay. Um, so, so my website, uh, and hi, everybody. Um, my website <laughs> is going through Blackhawks jersey history using actual game-worn examples. Um, a lot of times, you know, you'll see on the internet, um, like the Hawks logos through the years that, that Sony put together, and it's really wrong. A lot of uh, <laughs> wrong information is out there because Blackhawks jerseys are confusing. They've pretty much since 1955 till now look pretty much the same, but there's a lot of minor differences. And, and uh, once you know what you're looking at, like every single year in the 1980s, you think, oh, the Hawks jersey was the same the entire time. If you know what you're looking for, you can tell just looking at a picture what year that picture was from because there are subtle differences from year to year to year. And that's the type of thing that my uh, my website kind of concentrates on. It's, it's all the little subtle differences. Nice. It's very cool. I've I've been on there many times before nice. meeting you. That's for sure. <laughs> um, and I want to talk to you about before we get start unveiling things. How did this start for you? How did you get involved in you know becoming a Jersey historian? <laughs> so, I uh, I came from a family of collectors. My dad was a Civil War buff and a, and a history teacher. So I really had a history interest. And as I um, got a little older, I, I went away from the, the, the war stuff, let's just say, and, and went into sports. So really into uh, to football back when I was a kid, collecting football cards and that type of thing. Um, when I hit uh, just about high school age, I found out that uh, my dad's uncle's 
son played for the Blackhawks oh, back cool. in the 1950s. Oh, so wow. he actually led the team in scoring for two straight years, and then he got traded. Uh, George Red Sullivan was his name. Because uh, it's the Sounds Hawks, about right. They do, yeah. Right? That's, yeah. <laughs> so um, with that knowledge, I started really getting into Hawks history, and, um, you know, I, I was collecting hockey cards at the time. Right around there is when they started uh, cutting little pieces of, of Game yeah. 1 jersey and, and putting them into cards. And I thought, well, why don't I just go find the actual jerseys? So I think it was in the, the Tribune back in the day, the, the Blackhawks ran an ad. They had an equipment sale at, on the floor of the brand-new United Center. Um, and I went down there. I was in college at the time, scraped together whatever money I could find, and bought a Cam Russell game-worn jersey because he was my favorite player back in the day. Good on number eight. Wow. Yep, yep. He liked to fight and take a lot of punches to the face. That was his <laughs> thing. Um, and so that kind of started me down the road. Um, Steve Sullivan, obviously, with the same last mm-hmm. name. I started collecting his jerseys. And uh, then some OCD kicked in, and, and I, <laughs> I felt like I needed to, to um, document Hawks jerseys, a home-and-road jersey of every style they wore, at least going back to 1980. Um, as you can see in the site, I go back to 1955 right now, and I'm going to try to go back to 1926, but trying to find those really old jerseys is super tough because they didn't survive. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, you – we – First met you at the uh, the, the national uh, sports memorabilia convention at the uh, Rosemont a couple weeks ago. When we were all there, and you pulled out the Dirk the jersey Dirk Graham wore when he scored his uh, Stanley Stanley Cup final hat trick. And I was just like, "Is this for sale? Can I buy this?" <laughs> the fun part about that was Yarmer Yager was standing like fifty feet away from us. We we're like, "Let's see if he remembers this." <laughs> Probably wouldn't. Like we had to remind him that the Penguins beat the Blackhawks yeah, in '92, yeah, but. Yeah. Uh, I, well, let's let's get right at it. I mean, yeah, sure. So so I brought some jerseys, kind of just walking through some different decades. I thought um, you guys might want to see, starting with the 1950s. So uh, so the Hawks up from 1937 through 1955 wore uh, the barber pole style. I love and these jerseys. This these is a 1955, is incredible, uh, 54, 55 wool jersey that actually uh, David Creighton, who's the father of Adam Creighton, you may remember from the mm-hmm. late 80s. Um, David Creighton wore this um, in the 54-55 season. Um, one of my favorite jersey styles, I know Jay, you've said this is one of your favorites as yes. well. I've got uh, another one I'll show a little bit later of, of the same style, but um, you can see that. So the, the crest is actually uh, chain-stitched. Um, the earlier ones were felt on felt, so they were, somebody actually cut them out and, and put them on. Um, and all the jersey crests, an interesting thing, uh, up until the... Uh, the early 90s were all handmade so you can pick out they're almost like a fingerprint you can pick out the details when looking at pictures and that type of thing Um, and the jerseys were wool up up until uh the 59 60 season so this this is what they wore which i'll pass this down you guys can can feel it it's it's incredible that somebody played hockey so cool this is why that is thick this is why old school purists will say sweaters and not jerseys yeah because mm-hmm. this is this is a sweater this is a bill yes. cosby sweater like yeah, yeah absolutely well, well, well uh, be, you know what i mean that would be quite itchy but no this is like That's awesome this reminds me of like the material and colors that of like the sweaters i'd have to wear for christmas as a child mm-hmm. like, put on your nice sweater like this is cr- and i wear that on christmas <laughs> It's wow. crazy how small this is. Yeah, and they, they do yeah. shrink over time, so they were sure. a little bigger back then, but guys oh. were also way smaller, and their equipment was way smaller. Right. Their, their right. shoulder pads were like... It's cardboard. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. it was crazy. Um, so that 54-55 was the last year of the barber pole. Um, after that, they transitioned to what I'll show you now, and looks a lot more familiar. 
to this jersey. So this jersey is a 55-56. It's the first time that the Hawks uh, wore this style. There's the Tomahawks on the sleeves, which was um, not part of the Hawks jersey up until this point. Mm. Um, and this jersey was uh, sourced from Ted Lindsay, Hockey Hall of Famer, who wore wow. this in practice. But uh, with all of the research I've done, I probably know more about Hawks jerseys than the Hawks do at this point. Um, I've, I knew that Ted Lindsay actually didn't wear this in a game because there's no numbers on the sleeves. So the years that, that Lindsay played, um, he had numbers on the sleeves. They were above the Tomahawks. Um, so I knew that this was from a little bit earlier. And I had mentioned earlier that George Red Sullivan was my relative. This was actually his jersey. Wow. So he wore number seven. Wow. And it just so happened that Ted Lindsay also wore number seven. And they um, recycled jerseys back in the day. So they would keep on wearing them until they fell apart. That tracks. So, so Sullivan uh, wore the jersey in games, but then Lindsey wore it in practices afterwards and kept the jersey, and, and it eventually found me. Oh, so. wow. I'll pass That's very cool. Yeah. What's that cool about cool. the Creighton one is it would never show up on YouTube, but you could tell where there were holes mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> from rips that had been stitched yeah. You know, kind of probably by an equipment yeah, manager. Still got the holes. You know, yeah. uh, there's some repairs in that one. Yeah, 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 totally. And that's that's part of the wow. thing that that really makes so so hockey cards. There's thousands and thousands of them. They're just like a commodity. These are like works of art. Yeah. So each one tells a story. Um, with hockey jerseys, unlike you know baseball or basketball jerseys, marks get left on them from sticks, from pucks. Um, you know, you run into uh, the boards at a high rate of speed. The jersey actually melts and and forms holes. They sew them up and repair them, and you can see all those things in, in photos, and uh, yeah. that's that's part of it that makes it so cool. So if you look at the crest on that one, on the Sullivan jersey, that's the same crest. This is a Trevor uh, Van Riemsdyk from the Winter Classic hey. in St. Louis nice. a few years ago. Yeah, this was the the modern version of that crest. That one. So they took that crest and tried to make it look similar. It's in the in the ballpark, it's ish. exact. A little yeah. more color yeah. and flair to that yeah, one. Yeah, but the coolest thing was they the the Hawks uh, logo had a necklace back in the day, and so they, they oh yeah, they see kept it on that one. one. So that is cool. Trevor Van Riems like almost like Nicholas Jarmerson. Yeah, sec- sec- second <laughs> behind close. only Nicholas Jarmerson. That is cool. Yeah. Now this one, like what's that, interesting like about this one is on there's that. sorry Mario, go ahead here. Um, that the feathers on this one. And the and the hair are not stitched like they are in the mm-hmm. you know almost every aspect of the current jerseys and all the ones in my lifetime, the the feathers have been stitched throughout. Right, right. This and is more of a felt patch. Yep, yep that's called uh, chain stitching. Um, so actually, previous to the felt patches, which they did up until uh, the the later fifties, um, they had chenille. So if you think of like the the Letterman's jackets yeah. that, that you know you wore in high school, that's what the Hawks logos were made of in in like the the nineteen thirties. So. Um, this is a very underrated jersey. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the tomahawks over the stripes on the sleeve. Yeah, yeah I like that a lot. Really cool. Yeah, yeah. So they only wore that for for a couple of seasons. Fifty nine sixty was the first season where they switched those, and the the tomahawks went up to the shoulders. So, all right. So that's that's the 1950s. We've got wool. Yep. Uh, shortly after that, they switched to um, a material called durine, which is like a uh, uh, synthetic. It's it's a little heavier. Uh, will wear a little bit better, but as you can see here, this is a uh, late 60s um, Chico Mackey jersey. So just feel the weight of this one when, when you guys take a look at it and see how light it is, mm-hmm. and you can almost see through it. It's, it's crazy. Oh, wow. but that's what they wore. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's so in the, light. In the 1960s, <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
I mean, I could just see the way the yeah, light is going. You can see the it. light all the way. I'm through. sure the guys that were wearing the wool sweaters got these and were like, "Oh my god, yeah, this oh, is yeah. so much better." Oh, totally. <laughs> breathe, yeah. Wow. Guys were actually faster the first season these jerseys came out because <laughs> they weren't being weighed down by eight pounds of wool. Oh, wow. yeah, especially wet is, wool halfway yeah, through. Right, yeah, yeah. This is a much breathable, much more breathable jersey. Today actually would have uh, been uh, Chico Mackey's birthday, I believe, right? Oh, hey. yes. Uh, Happy birthday, Chico. I, uh, I, the uh, Blackhawks trivia post I put up today has a question about uh, Chico Mackey there since it's go. his birthday this weekend. So he's yeah, all over the place. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's another reason for my site is to, um, to help people identify what, um, what jerseys are. And that jersey, when it, when it originally popped up, people were saying, well, it's a number 16 jersey. It's old. It's got to be Bobby Hull. Well, Bobby Hall never wore that style wearing number 16. So that's another reason that I put the website together just to, to answer those types of questions whenever people have jerseys yeah. and uh, aren't quite sure what they are, that like type of thing. My thing for the last few years is because every time I buy a jersey of a current Blackhawk, he's traded within six months. <laughs> it's just the way it is. And I'm like, I want to get an all-time great jersey, someone who cannot be traded. I would love a Steve Larmer jersey, but I don't want to get a Reebok or an Adidas or Fanatic Steve yeah. Larmer jersey. I'm sure it would look great, but he didn't wear that jersey, right. and the snob in me doesn't want that. <laughs> and it's so hard to find the CCM stuff, especially right. in my size, to get one. <laughs> so if you ever see – it doesn't have to be game yeah, one. Oh, oh, sure. If you oh, ever sure. get a lead on, like, 80s, 90s – jerseys let me know yeah there's, there's i want to point out looking. this one too has the gunzos that. yep that's very cool gunzos yep. sports center inc berwin illinois berwin, yep. the original. and you can you can actually wow. yeah date those because the berwin illinois um location burned down in 1970 and the the tag then switched from berwin to, to river forest so mm -hmm. you can date the jerseys from this oh, era yeah. by that tag. i remember wow. going a few times with my dad uh right around mid-september on a saturday we'd We'd go to Gunzo's in River Forest because that would be when the right before training camp because the, the the players would have to go buy all their own equipment and they'd all walk into Gunzo's, so oh, we'd totally. be there looking around and then here'd come you know Troy Murray or or uh, whoever you know Kurt Frazier's there to buy his <laughs> skates for the year yeah and you just oh hey can I have your autograph like uh, that was a tradition. For a and couple of years. That used to be how, so game-worn jerseys, the Blackhawks own them, so it's not like the players have them and, and can pass them out, that type of thing. But that's how um, a lot of the older jerseys used to be sold is through Gunzo's and then through the Blackhawks store and then through the convention, although the convention doesn't happen anymore. So, um, you know, the, the team does usually sell them. They haven't the last few years with all the management changeover. Evidently, it's not been a, a priority for them. But um, but that's how you you acquire them is, is the team usually does sell them. They do have a stash of them that I can confirm. We yes. see it at the Fifth Third Arena because they <laughs> they raffle off random yeah. game worn mm -hmm. jerseys at Fifth Third. But it's it's always like, oh yeah, I forgot that guy played three. Like <laughs> here's your uh, was, here's your chance to get your Brendan Morrison. Yeah, jersey. there was one last <laughs> summer I walked in and I was like, didn't he only play like nine games? Yeah, <laughs> or uh, get your um, uh, that was get your Fernando <laughs> Pisani yeah, jersey. There yeah. you go. But they do have a state. I know they hang on to a lot yes, of that stuff. Yeah, so hopefully, sure. you know, they'll get back into getting that out to the I know, like, all the AHL teams sell that stuff. Yeah. Like, the Ice Hogs have their garage sale at the yeah, end of every year. Yeah. You can buy all kinds of game-worn jerseys. Cool. So let me – so as light as this one was, and notice we've got the one-color numbers still in the late 60s. This is a 70s jersey, a, a Ted Bully. Um, just cool. feel the weight of this one compared to that one. And now we're, we've – 
wandered into two color num- number again. So they've they brought that back in 1973, actually. That's another Gunzo, as you can see on the patch oh, yeah. there. Much heavier. Oh, very heavy. That red is really vivid. It's a deep. It's red. like a darker red. It's yeah. It, right. It, it, if we're to the eye, it, it feels darker, like it's a the darker, table. deeper red. Yeah, and the, the <laughs> logo's a little misshapen. That's <laughs> what happens when it gets yeah. Well, the that's the thing is the logos change over the years. Like that one, I, I call that one like the chubby. He's got like kind of like a chubbier, like a like his <laughs> nose has been punched. Yeah, yeah, but like yeah. the cheeks look a little more plump on like that one. It too. got like the the uh, what do they call that when you when you change the size of a picture? Oh yeah, like, oh yeah, the, the, yeah. The resolution rate isn't isn't <laughs> as steady. Yeah, this is a. Uh, Definitely a different. Or he's logo. got his teeth out. <laughs> this looks like you can see all the like stitchings and yeah, stuff here. This looks like yeah. when you try and watch a, like a letterbox movie on a normal yeah. TV, like mm-hmm. it gets stretched yeah. out. Um, yeah, this and if is you look inside, so players players will customize jerseys. If you look on the inside of that one, uh, where the fight straps are, there's actually two fight straps. So oh, players will. Well, it's it's I another mean, kind of neat uh, neat bo- thing with some of these where they'll. Um, a big bully customize. needs to have an extra oh, yeah. strap. Yeah, you totally. know, I would <laughs> fully expect the guy with the last name bully to have an extra fight strap. Yeah. Cool. So that's my 70s representative piece there. So I've got a couple cool oh, 80s ones. I'll try to, to race through a few here. So this one oh, we got is, plenty of time. All right. So this is oh, a there. Doug Wilson that's from his Norris Trophy year in 81-82. That one d- goes missing. I don't know what happened. <laughs> so this one, if you notice, there's there's a hem that goes all the way around the center of the jersey. The story oh, yeah. with these are the jerseys arrived and they were too long. So this oh, was no. the first year that, that a company named Sandow did the jerseys. If you can see uh, Sandow there at the bottom. Oh, yeah. So Sandow did the jerseys this year and they showed up and they were too long. So they sent them all back and oh, they just gosh. cut out a, a slice and, and uh, sent them back on. But that's a Doug Wilson from 81-82, his yeah. Norris wow. Trophy year. Is it just because Ooh. of the, uh, the, that material. the age, or does that look a little more cream-colored It than does white? look a little more yeah, off-white so as, than as you wash them a bunch, it kind of gets that, that off-white color for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's some human sweat in there that sure, <laughs> discolors sure. the jersey, got some, too. Some nice I players sweat back, a little bit. Back marks in this, on this one. Yeah, back in this era and up until like the late 80s, um, the players wore the same jersey the entire year. Of course. So yeah. you had one road, you had one home that you would wear the entire regular season. Uh, when the playoffs rolled around, you would get a new jersey for the playoffs. But entire regular season, you got one shirt. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why they're so. Uh, yeah, this is a, a fun fact about fun the hem. Uh, as a fat little leaguer, my mom had to cut the seams of my jersey and make it bigger. <laughs> she could have gotten that. some of that material left over from <laughs> the I Hawks jersey, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, your little league team should have got your jerseys made by Sandow. <laughs> <laughs> you had that problem. Uh, I love. I've always loved the the simple black on red numbering that just yep. looks so cool i mean it re- this jersey so i love the ho- i wish the whites were the home jerseys this yep. jersey reminds me of my childhood this was a, li- a couple years prior but i would th- i think my first hawks game at the stadium was probably 84 85 and just the- those white jerseys i think not being able to ever see them on tv made them so special because you were like oh my god i'm seeing the forbidden white jerseys <laughs> you never see these yeah and they just yeah. looked so great on the ice yeah i i do wish home whites was a thing yeah in and, I, and i know you probably can't see it but that jersey and it's probably in my bag someplace i've got a magazine like a, a program that doug wilson is wearing that jersey on the cover of it oh, oh nice. the marks that are on the the stomach you can totally match up to the picture and and the details of the crest oh, i cool. like the outline 
in a red is much thicker than it is now. Yeah. Which yeah. makes it pop more on the ice, I yeah. would assume. Yep. Absolutely. And what I the reason I, I always prefer the home whites, not only because of the uh the black on red, but I feel like the tomahawks with, with the, the green. green. I know there's green on the handles on the red jerseys, but the green on the tomahawks on a white really pop. Mm. And I just I I just love the whites. I wish they would go back to these at home. They just look so great. Yeah. I mean, they're both great, but that's a really light jersey again. So they, yeah. they switch back to a lighter one. This was from the next season, and, and a guy that uh, Greg mentioned earlier. Oh, Greg! Oh, this is Steve Larmer's <laughs> rookie year jersey. So eighty two, eighty three. He won the Calder Cup in this one. Greg and this one, if you know, hardware in these jerseys. Yes, the down at the bottom, we've got Gunzos on the hem. So they, oh, wow. they actually, you know, people right now are getting a little upset because of ads on jerseys. Well, they used to have them. So um, Gunzos yeah. was the letterer, and for a while, the NHL let letterers put their, their names on the, the back hems. So okay. uh, North Stars, Red Wings, Blackhawks from that era, you see, you see the, uh, uh, the letterer on there. So oh, When wow. did the Gunzos, uh, when did they stop using Gunzos? Uh, so the 88-89 season, uh, that was the last season. So uh, Gunzos did one of the sets of jerseys that year. Um, and then after that, the uh, CCM, and I got a story about that coming up. But um, CCM had, had picked it up at that point and, and um, did most of the lettering and, and resting and all that type of thing. And then this one, if, if you want to talk about subtle differences, um, look at the, the crest on this one. It's sparkly. These are the sparkly crests. Because it's Steve Larmer. It's Steve Larmer is sparkly. <laughs> Grandpa sparkles. Sort of my backpack. Oh, it does. Yeah. yeah. I, I see what you're saying. It reflects the light. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you, Greg. I'm watching you. <laughs> No. Oh, got a nice one coming. Yeah, so I, I pulled a couple names that I know you guys are, are big fans of. So um, this one is a, a Troy Murray from 86-87. Uh, At this point, they switched to a different type of material. Again, these are all Durines. This is known as Ultrafill, which is a little oh, more breathable, and I think players like these a little bit more. Pass them back and forth here. Um, and this one has not only Gunzos on the hem, but also the little Gunzos goalie man, oh, which nice. they only had for a couple of seasons. And is that stitched in there? Yes, it's yeah. stitched in there. Yeah. And then uh, you talk about wear and abuse, and that's really what game-worn collectors look for, is they look for jerseys that are, like, really beat up and, and that type of thing. This Troy Murray jersey is just nothing but abuse. It's, <laughs> See, it's that amazing. sort of thing, you could probably show that to Troy, and he'd probably remember that jersey. Yeah, <laughs> he might. You, you know, yeah. like, and a lot of the exactly why you got that whole yeah, elbow. <laughs> yeah. That a was lot of the promo Curry's photos chin. that that they use of Troy um, is him wearing this jersey. T Murray, that's cool. T Murray, because you had Bob Murray on the team at the time, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. All right, if Greg wanted to buy this from you, how much would Greg have to pay you for? Uh, don't say it on the air <laughs> because then my girlfriend's gonna know how yeah, much I spent. Greg, Greg doesn't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. Wow. I'll sell like fifty of my Roosevelts to buy these <laughs> Cool. Um, and then one last '80s, real quick. I wanted to bring out. So they did oh, wear cool. in the playoffs uh, mesh jerseys. Oh yeah, so Troy beat the hell out of it. They just wore them in the playoffs for some reason. I don't know why. The if the players didn't like them or, or something along those lines. But um, this is an Eddie Olchek from '84, '85. This is his rookie year. Um, mesh playoff jersey. Ooh, that looks weird. <laughs> it does. And it does. Some of the, again, weird, some right? of the the neat things about uh, about hockey jerseys is the boards will leave uh, marks on the jerseys. So this one has a lot of green all over the hem. That green is actually from uh, the Met in Minnesota. So he would oh. ran into the boards up in the Met uh, and it left green marks on the jersey. That makes sense. I yeah. mean, back then the Reds were the visiting jerseys. But yeah, that mesh looks strange. If you didn't know that story 
about switching the jerseys in the playoffs, say you'd say, oh, it's jersey. fake. Yeah. 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 Oh, totally. Wow. And again, that's another reason that, that I put the website together is so many um, retail jerseys look pretty close to, to the real thing. Yeah. And if you didn't know any better, you know, a lot of people have, have tried to pass those off and uh, potentially rip people off. So, yeah, this uh, it reminds me of like an old football jersey. Yeah. I, I mean, if somebody would have came and said, like, oh, I got this game-worn jersey, I'd be like, you got hose, dude. They never, <laughs> had, they never wore mesh like that. Like, yeah. But they did. But this is, yeah, that's really cool. And that's the year they went to the, the conference finals against Gretzky, uh, took them to game six when nobody else. So this jersey probably, well, I would say it touched Gretzky, but nobody caught Gretzky on the ice. <laughs> no, totally. Not even Eddie O. Totally. Gretzky blew by it at one yes. point. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Look for Mes- him in the, in the back of the Gretzky wind on this one. Messier probably touched it. Messier probably threw a few checks yeah. at Eddie in that series. That is really, that, that detail of that stitch, though, is really, that really illustrates how, how detailed that logo is. This is kind of cool, though. It's like a. Good color. And the spacing on the name is Huge. really wide on yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's another that's, reason why I'd be like, that's not a real You got to say it's slow. In the 80s, they, they did that for a while. It was really spaced out like yeah. that. Well, they had to do it on the road jerseys because that was the only time you saw them on TV. So you had to get them <laughs> at home. You can put it together. Yep, yep. You didn't so, have to so hold that one up real quick, Greg, and then look at the spacing on, on this one. Oh, boy. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, so one is really uh, wide. The other one, not so much. So this, I know you guys talked about uh, – Mr. Bronick a little yesterday. This was from the 1991 All-Star season. I was there. Yeah. I was so at that game. They, uh, they wore these the whole year. These are really tough to find now because what the Hawks did, and, and I showed you guys an example of this at, at the National, is after the season was over, they would take these patches off and reuse the jerseys again the next season. <laughs> so finding them with the actual patch still attached is, is really rough. And wow. you know, my, my most treasured jersey is probably the Sullivan jersey I showed you earlier. This one's my favorite jersey. So this was the year I really fell in love with hockey. So wow. this is 1991 Ronick from his 50, uh, 50 goal season. That's wow. awesome. I have a, a puck and one of those patches cool. from that game somewhere, you know, with the logo on it. I don't know where it is, um, <laughs> but I don't like the, I'm pretty sure I bought the patch, you know, a re reproduced patch, you know, from, you know, somewhere in the late nineties, early two thousand. I don't think it was oh, yeah. ever part of that game, but and looking at the patch and remembering the one I have, yeah, it's it's a different one uh, of the best looking yeah. patches. Yeah, you know, it's so cool. That's a cool one. Yeah, in all of hockey, not just as a Hawks fan. All right, so I'll just puck marks, man. quickly run know. through a, a couple JR, others man. here. JR so. was not afraid to get in front of a slap shot, that's for sure. <laughs> so Islanders legend who played for the Blackhawks, John Tonelli. John Tonelli, four-time Stanley Cup winner. Wore this in 1991. This is the, uh, the turn back the clock that they wore that season. Mm-hmm. So it's um, one of, again, one of my favorite styles. And, uh, you know, if you compare the crest here to, to the one I showed earlier, it looks quite a bit different. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. I loved this jersey. I wish <laughs> yeah. they, like... The year this that is, this came out, I was so pumped. This I, is what people want when they say barber yeah, pole. Not, I would, not the reverse retro that they put out that was barber pole-esque. Oh, yeah. No, and this, this is the one. See, my dream jersey would be one of these Steve Larmer jersey. Yeah. That would be the Larmer jersey I would get. Um, yeah, I like that one. A friend of mine owns a game worn Larmer right. in that style. Well, so. All right, well, tell, one, tell your friend how I, much it is. I want one that I can Greg. wear. <laughs> I would never wear one of these because, A, I don't fit in them, and, B, I'd be like, I mean. You're not, you're not going to wear that going to, to Hooters for your wings. No, I mean, it's already got blood and sweat yeah. and puck. And, and those jerseys are actually really tough to find because the team gave those to the players. Oh, cool. And John Tennelly got traded before the end of the season, so evidently they held on to that one. But, uh, <laughs> but cool. most you of the don't other need guys. This. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Most of the other guys went, uh, wow. went elsewhere. John Tonelli is one of my good uh, Puck Dooku oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. Especially <laughs> if you ever get a Hawks Islanders one. Or Calgary. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he's, a good one. he's a good player for that. Very cool. Number 72. Uh, this is the one that uh, was mentioned earlier. Dirk Ram from the 1992 Stanley Cup Final. What's really cool about this one is the 75th patch that was on the Tonelli. They sewed the Stanley Cup final patch on a piece of material over the 75th patch. <laughs> so they didn't give them new jerseys for the finals. They just kind of continued using the others. That's when the uh, Warrior had really shrunk. Yeah. They got yeah, smaller. It's, it's very yeah. small. Yeah. Yeah, this is the one you showed us at, uh, uh, at the convention. And just, yeah, just crazy. Um, just the, <laughs> you said... Again, we, we talk about using it all year. The pit stains on here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Dirk, yeah. Dirk, Dirk was, was a sweaty, sweaty one. Yeah, he was, he a, was sweaty a sweaty guy. one. <laughs> yeah. But hey, when, you, when you're scoring a hat trick in the cup final, you yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So work cool. up a sweat. I, I remember you showed us, uh, I, you probably can't see it on the YouTube, but there's like a little white yeah. tape mark here, and you were able to show us his celebration after scoring the third goal. You could clearly see that white mark on yep. the jersey yep. to, to prove that it's the legit thing. Yeah, I mean, awesome. I remember – this game like it was yesterday. So cool that uh, you had it. Too bad we couldn't get Yarmer Yager over to take a look <laughs> at it. Have him sign it. So that's, that's an ultrafill still. Um, a little bit later on, they switched to an air knit, which is very similar to what they had been wearing up until really recently. So this is a, you might recognize this one, Jay. Um, this, this is an air knit from 95, 96 of Bob Probert. Um, from his first year when he uh, he joined the Hawks. Now, the year he joined the Hawks or the year he actually got to play? That, <laughs> got to play. that yes. style is the first Hawks jersey I bought with my own money. Yeah. yeah. An authentic Bob Probert from that year. Um, I, I, this would be the style. I got that I had, at City yeah. Sports Lettering, who oh, yeah? still does there? The, yes, they do. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And just feel again the difference in weight between this one and, and the, the Ultra Fill. Yeah. It's. it's very this, airy. This one went through uh, yeah, somebody, a fighter too. Yeah, and yeah. I've I've actually got a photo where um, where he it gets torn. It's all, it's all ripped up in the back. Fighting uh, Stefan Quintal. There's a mark right below the crest on the jersey that you can see in the photo. So Greg, if you I have the same photo signed. Do you? Yep. Awesome. Isn't <laughs> awesome. Stefan Quintal like the head of player safety now? <laughs> he might be. Or uh, he works in that department. George he Carter. might be. So look under the department. under the crest on the front. There's a black mark right under the crest, and it's right right there in the photo. I, yeah, this was the first type of jersey I had, too. <laughs> wow. I had the uh, Chelios white jersey was my first. Oh, yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. All right. And I know we're running low on time here. So nah. Yeah, Bulls don't start the four. We'll just <laughs> we'll keep rolling. After, uh, after CCM, um, they moved to Nike. And you want to talk about changes in crest. Jay, hold up that crest real quick. And then here's the Nike crest, oh, and it's huge, huge yeah. compared to, to what they did with CCM. No problem. But that's a very popular jersey these days. I know oh, yeah. there's been a lot of, like, people who hated the black jerseys, but a lot of people, want myself included, I'd love to see those back. I want it back. <laughs> those are so cool. Oh, I, I, yeah. I was a big this fan of nice. that. I think they're coming back. It sure this sounds that nice. way. Yeah. I, I, I will agree that they got a little stale. They wore them for, for quite a while. Um, so I wasn't sad to and see them go. Part of the problem was those are attached to some of the worst teams in Blackhawks. <laughs> that's true. part of the that's issue. True. Where, well, they did wear them in 08, 09. Right. Then, so. the, the, you know, yeah, Taves and Kane had a, had a quick run in those those jerseys. But for the majority run of these jerseys, 
A, not a lot of great players wore them. <laughs> B, yeah. they were a lot of losses in yeah. these jerseys. Yeah, we got a lot of losses. <laughs> but uh, And that's from 96, 97, the first year that they wore the black jerseys. Okay. Very cool. That's awesome. Another one of my all-time favorites. All right. And I'm going to fast forward through some of those horrible teams and just kind of skip <laughs> over that era of, yeah, uh, of Hawks jerseys because it's pretty boring stuff. Um, so that, if you look again, so that's a, a what you would call the traditional cut. So starting in 07, 08, so the, the, the um, hem is, is just a straight line. Mm. So starting in 07, 08, they went to what they call the edge cut, which is the, the bowed bottom. Yeah, I've heard it called like the baseball yeah, style yeah, cut. Yeah. yeah, so this is a Brent Seabrook from 0708. This one is known as an Edge 1.0. And the Edge 1.0s, um, Reebok, when they, they put these out, made a big deal that this, this was like wickening material. So, you know, the, the jerseys uh, wouldn't hold as much sweat and players would be X percent faster is what they'd said. But in reality, what happened was, yeah, the sweat would wick out of the jerseys. Into the but gloves. then where does it go? Yeah, it goes into your gloves. It goes into your skates. The players hated them. So they only wore these for roughly the first two, two and a half months of the season. And then they switched to an air knit again. So, uh, but this is from the, the Wurtz uh, patch oh, year yeah. of 07, 08. And again, just feel this one. It's a much different feel when you get a chance. Thank you, Maria. Um, and so that's, uh, that's the Edge 1.0. The Edge 2.0 is well, what the is, Hawks... This is the one that was supposed to make Brent Seabrook a lot faster. Yes, everybody okay. was supposed to be faster, gotcha. but they gotcha. were a horrible experiment. Um, so after that, they switched to... Yeah, you, can, you can feel... How it yeah. just com- feels completely different. Yeah, totally. Even, even from 07, 08, how much it feels different to what they wear now. Yeah. It's crazy. And this is pretty similar to what they wear now. This is a Patrick Kane from 2010, 2011. Um, and so they, they took, they dumped that material, kept the same cut, but switched to this style of jersey. And this is what they wore throughout the, the God, dynasty years was this uh, exact style. It would change from that to, um, to actually saying Reebok. Um, but what's really cool about this one, uh, Mario, take a look at that mark right there. Hold that up. I see that puck mark. Ugh. That puck mark shows up on a fat head of Patrick oh. Kane. And again, that's that's kind of the cool thing you can do with hockey jerseys oh, yeah. is totally match up the, wow. the jersey details and wear to photos and cards and all sorts of stuff like so that. So this would have so. been this would have not, not I didn't have the authentic, but this would have been the era of my first Blackhawks. Uh, wow, first Blackhawks jersey that I purchased. First one I had was actually when I was nine years old, <laughs> which has also been on this set. And you still sort of kind of fit in it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know if you if you if you want to wear it as like a three quarter sleeve hey. baseball shirt. I hate to see show you what I look like trying to get something when I was nine years old. <laughs> hey, by the way, this is a size sixty oh, Brent Seabrook. Me and you could probably fit in a yeah, size sixty no. Brent Seabrook. He didn't f- play goalie. It's, yeah, it's size a sixty, size. but it fits tighter. Those f- those oh, they're they're really weird. weird. Oh, they they yeah, have to yeah. be because the, the caner is a fifty six. There's no way. Oh yeah, it's a fifty six. Yeah. <laughs> these must be Canadian sizes. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a huge difference it's, between it's, these two. It's the metric yeah. system. Yeah, yeah. Try to fold this up yeah, a nicer cool. for you. Um, God, that's a big one. And then, so I just brought a couple other uh, more recent ones from the Adidas era, so the, the much more recent. So this is a, uh, a good old number 48, Vinny Hinestroza, who, why would I bring this one here? Well, this was a Vinny Hinestroza that he wore in the game uh, oh. where they oh, cool. honor the humble, the, the, oh, wow. uh, 
the Broncos, the uh, Humboldt. 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 Yeah, I couldn't think of that. So, um, so both the the Hawks and the Jets for that Humboldt game um, took the nameplates off, put the Broncos on the back. It's the only time in NHL history where the league has allowed that. Um, and both teams gave the jerseys to the families of the players. Um, after everybody got one, there were I think five left over: three Hawks and two Jets. And those were auctioned off in Canada. Proceeds were given to the families. I found somebody who won one of the Blackhawks ones. And uh, so this is one of three that, that probably exist outside of the, the families of the oh, Broncos wow. players. So, um, so that's really cool. And actually, wow. I got the, the Hinnestrosa nameplate from the team later on. So I've got the original oh, nice. nameplate that went to it as well. Very cool. Uh, huh? Our buddy Windy City Hockey points out the humble Broncos jersey was the last game of Patrick Sharp's career. So that was the last jersey he ever wore. Yep. Oh, yep. wow. And the, the team put a, a nice tribute in the, oh, the that's beer cool. ham as well. So that's how you can kind of authenticate. There's, there's yeah. stuff like that. That's that, got that to be one of your uh, prized possessions, it's, I'm going to say. It's pretty cool. Yeah. As far oh, as rarity cool. goes, right. there's right. cool. yeah, not yeah. a lot out there. And the nacho cheese stain on the front. Um, and then we'll I don't sit next to Seabrook. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen these up close. And again, this is one of my favorite, I uh, love these favorite jerseys. So the yeah. this was worn at the um, the Winter Classic game in Notre Dame. I was there. I'm sure Jay was there nice. too. Um, and if you look at the the crests of these, um, it's just so detailed. They they sewed details in the crest in black on a black crest for no reason other than if you're really close <laughs> to them, they look really cool. So I thought you guys might want to see yeah. that too. And also the, the numbers uh, are sewn on and they're felt. So that was a, a yeah. nice little touch for that. I, 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 I remember that, too. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I you remember. Can see, uh, you can see these details in here. I was covering the Ice Hogs for this, and, like, Dylan Secure got called up for this game, like, right, like, yep. the day or two before. Yep. Yeah. Like, he played in Rockford, I want to say, like, the night before, and all of a sudden the next day he's on the ice for the Winter Classic. Yep. Talk about, uh, oh, these felt numbers are awesome. Uh, talk about you know a change of events. Well, throw I'm so pissed I didn't buy one of these. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> I did still, not. I mean, they're still out I there. I think you can get them. I'll find one. Yeah. Oh, that shouldn't be too hard. And and I got that because it was such a cool high number. And I'm like, nobody is ever going to wear a higher number for the Blackhawks. Well, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that changed. Luckily, someone else will. Yeah. Didn't didn't Sakura cool. have a? Didn't he score in that game, or did he have a point? No, he didn't. He okay. didn't score for the first. Oh, that's one, right. Yeah. He no, never, he I know never scored. Scored. Of his career. Perlini had the first goal of the game. Perlini, I think. Yeah. That's, yeah. I knew it was somebody. I think the goal scorers in that game were Perlini and Kempf. Just like we all drew it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I just brought a one of the reverse retros from a couple of years ago. I thought that would be cool. The Chicago as well. Steel, the Chicago yeah. Steel yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Pia Suter. Yeah. The irreplaceable PS3. Our, yeah. Our old so friend PS. You guys might like to look at that one. And then I just have one more to show because the most recent jerseys that they've had, um, still made by Adidas, they're uh, uh, prime green, they call them. And they're actually made out of recycled materials. They, they pretty much feel the same as, as a regular jersey, but they feel a little bit different. Yeah. So, Let me see uh, so that's a regular, um, regular Adidas. Adidas. I thought, I thought it was a size 40. I was going to say, I don't think that's true. <laughs> and then this is a, a Hockey Fights Cancer of Seth Jones, and this is the prime green. So these are the ones that are made okay. from recycled materials. I do say I do like, on the modern jerseys, the shoulder pad, the shoulder mm. area, how this yeah. is mesh-like material, thicker. I do like that. I that's think Adidas does a good job, too. Like Colors seem very vivid in comparison to some other ones. I, th I think the Adidas one, now since they fixed Very the collar, 
Very late. <laughs> and got rid of the, I call it the Pollyanna. Yep, yep. I think, was it Mario you called it? The seat. toilet seat? Looks like yeah. a toilet seat. Toilet seat. Yep. This even has on the inside 2021 NHL COVID season. Oh, oh yeah, commemorative. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? T- like, like you needed a patch yeah. on your jersey to remember right. how wacky right. that season was. This is a patch, I, patch of a mask. I love these uh, hockey fight cancer jerseys. Too bad yeah. we, nobody's going to be able to wear them this year on the ice. Yeah, and that's one of the, right. the sites I put together was a history of all of the, the warm-up jerseys that the Blackhawks wore. Oh, nice. So we can throw up a, a link or whatever to that later. Yeah. But um, they started wearing them in 07-08 for Hull and Makita and Esposito. And uh, they wore a, a ton of them. I think it was 50, 56 throughout the, the years that they were wearing the warm-up jerseys. Wow. So. So I notice on a lot of these, I'm sure it's probably a target, but like you like getting them with the commemorative patches. Like that one had Tony Esposito. We saw Makita, right. the Wirtz. Yep, I mean, yep, I'm are, sure that adds value. Yeah, those to are generally them. ones that are, are more sought after as if they have patches or there's something cool or neat that about them that's, that's it, extra than, yeah. than just a regular jersey. So um, like the reverse retros, they're never going to wear those again, supposedly. Right. Um, so those are, are but only one fine. only one year jersey is going to have that yep. COVID in the inside. Right. So, <laughs> right. I mean, right. that's that's pretty cool. Um, so that's that's a quick history of the Blackhawks jersey. That's amazing. Nineteen fifty five to current. Wait, wait, we got, we got one more. I got one more right on the top, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. We oh, got yeah. yeah. We got it. <laughs> so you were talking about the coll- the collar. I was going to pull this one out just to show the, the the new collar, and I forget where I threw the other one with the old collar, but. Um, one of one of the show's favorites, <laughs> Michael Alex, Nylander. Alex yeah, Michael Nylander. Great. He actually scored a goal in this. This is oh, from the, the Global Series. We were just talking about yep. this. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the so Global he actually series. scored the Blackhawks' first goal of the season uh, wearing this jersey, so, and it's got the the nice collar. That, that probably adds value because there's not many jerseys Alex Nylander has scored NHL <laughs> goals in. Yeah, it's that's pretty rare. True. <laughs> what freaks me out, though, is I, as I'm in stores now, I see the Fanatics jerseys, and they've got that old collar again. Yeah. I hope they're not bringing those back. Yeah. So Fanatics bought the factory that uh, Adidas was using. So I think that when they, they switch over, the jersey should be pretty similar to what they have now. But you never know. Okay. They might have a old Maybe they bought a surplus of, of yeah, old yeah, replicas. Old stock, yeah. and they might want to use those up. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're getting rid of the old stock now yeah. before yeah. they release their official changes. Because otherwise, then they're just stuck with all these jerseys. Right, right. Um, all right. Quick question before we do our last reads and, and wrap up today mm-hmm. all your jerseys mm-hmm. which one is like most precious to you so favorite again is the ronick the sullivan wool is uh is probably most precious just because i'm related um but there's so many awesome ones you know the the cam russell that i mentioned earlier is is never going to go any any place because that was my first jersey so and it also has tearaway sleeves so if you got in a fight and somebody tugged on the sleeves, the sleeves would have worn, just ripped right open. So oh, that's cool. It's kind of another, you know, unique thing that the guys did. So, um, which one was the hardest to find that you wanted to get? So the the All Star Patch jerseys. That was again my favorite year when I came into it, and they're just so hard to find. And finding that Ronick jersey, they're they're really few and far between. So that was one that I was uh, was really after. Um, right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find some of the older stuff, like an early 60s with the, the tie-down oh, stuff yeah. that Bobby Hull and Makita wore when they won the, the cup. Those crests are also huge, unfortunately. I don't <laughs> have one, but um, those are really neat. And just, you know, trying to get back and, and find older barber poles and, and the really old stuff is really what I'm looking for right now. In addition, there, there's one player that's eluded me for 20-some years, uh, Jack O'Callaghan. 
from the 1980 Olympic team, played for the Blackhawks for about five seasons. I've seen one of his game-worn jerseys ever. Because he had to keep and giving them back, right? <laughs> yeah, that's the story. Yeah. Because yeah. when he signed, they gave him, like, a satin jacket to wear at the press conference, and then it was over, and they're like, we need that back. Yep. Did yep. you keep the tags? <laughs> i got to return it to the Hawk quarters, so, which is what I'll always call it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess Black Jack O'Callaghan is the, the best yeah. answer. So. Okay. Very cool. All right. Sean, awesome. thanks for coming, man. Yeah, yeah, this is awesome. awesome. This is great. Again, if you're listening on the podcast, we encourage you to go find the YouTube video <laughs> yes. of this episode and really see the details. But you can visit uh, Sully's websites, uh, BlackhawksJerseyHistory.com. I'm sorry, .weebly.com and BlackhawksWarmUpJerseys.weebly.com. All kinds of great stuff on there. And uh, he is the authority on Blackhawks jersey history. And if you know Jack O'Callaghan, get him a jersey. <laughs> Yeah, uh, spoke at the Chicago Food Depository when I worked there. When I worked there, he's once. around. Yeah. yeah, he just might not have one. Right. He, didn't he have probably doesn't. He wasn't wearing. He probably doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> he's wearing uh, a couple hat. super chats. We got to get to before we wrap up too. I see one from Neil says uh, from a fellow Jersey collector. Mad props to you. Beautiful collection. I appreciate what you do to document these pieces of art. My favorite own Jersey uh, player issued Stadium Series precious jersey. That's cool. Uh, Windy City Hockey says looks like the Blackhawks equipment staff is. At 81G. I don't know. Uh, the Hosa game. Oh, the 81 game. Oh, the. But okay. Gotcha. That makes sense. And then I think we have a 99 cent. Uh, it's our oh, guy, Yingle. It's, it's Yingle God mentioned bringing Kane back, so he gave us his dollar. Thank yeah. you. Nobody is committed to the bit <laughs> more Appreciate than our guy, Young Says, I wonder God. if they will. Wonder, three days in a row. Yeah, three in a row. I wonder if they will add a welcome back Kane patch for when he comes back. That's creative. Yeah. Not this year, though. Creative use of a dollar. Yes. Uh, it's your <laughs> money, dude. Keep spending it any way you want it. Yep. Well, that's good uh, stuff. If you want another way to uh, spend your money wisely, go visit our friends at Shady Rays. They've got the gear built to last to take on the sun. They have your, you and your precious eyeballs covered for our warm weather we're enjoying here this August with their premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. I say even better. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for all your outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection of all, all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. And together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners through the United States with Shady Rays Impact. They're doing everything from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days, though I'm willing to bet nobody is going to need to use that policy because you're going to love your Shady Rays. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season Go to ShadyRays.com, use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you're going to get 50% off, 50% off all orders of two or more pairs of their awesome Polaroid shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right, Friday, August 25th. That's the date of the CHGO kickoff classic. Tomorrow, Friday, August 18th, is the deadline to buy tickets so jump on it while they're still available. You know a lot of people waited to the last minute, and now they're getting this message, and they're jumping on this deal. You should do it right now. CHGO, Big Drive Energy, and Pins and Aces are hosting our inaugural kickoff classic golf tournament, 
August 25th, Cog Hill, course number two, 9 a.m. You can sign up as an individual, a twosome, or a foursome. And if you're a diehard, you will save, as always. Your entry fee includes 18 holes with a cart, an exclusive Pins and Aces tea gift, access to our limited edition Pins and Aces and CHGO polo, hole contests, giveaways, prizes, trophies for uh, or prizes for the first place and last place teams, oh, lunch, drinks, too. and a ceremony after the round. It's going to be a great time. Go to allchgo.com, navigate over to that events tab, click on the CHGO Kickoff Classic Golf Tournament, and you'll see all your info, including how to get your promo code for the diehards. So jump on that. Join us next Friday. Again, deadline to buy tickets is Friday, August 18th. So jump Tomorrow. on it before these tickets Tomorrow. are gone. Yeah. Do it now. 24 hours to get your tickets. That's right. Yeah. We have a question a uh, from Michael. It says, what was the Jersey store in Bolingbrook? It was Pro Jersey Sports in Bolingbrook. They had a decent collection of some of the old Winter Classic jerseys, including the Notre Dame one. I know they had a Kirby Dock one and a DeBrinket one, I think. Mm. So maybe if I go back, I'll get one my, of those. Uh, my fantasy hockey draft every year is in Bolingbrook, so I may have to find that place. They had cool stuff. There. They had uh, first place to saw Bedard jerseys for sale. They had a Canada Bedard jersey. They have USA, all a great hockey selection there. So check them out. And we want to thank Sean Sullivan again for coming Absolutely. in. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Follow him on awesome. Twitter at Sully26, S-U-L-L-I 26. Capital S. Capital S. Yeah, yeah. you can't find <laughs> it's Twitter is S. jacked, man. Yeah. You it's mean so X. Messed up. X. X, I'm X. sorry. If it was still, it was still it's Twitter, gonna give it to you. having these problems. Even though I have to go to Twitter.com to get on there? Right. Weird. Well, eh. small details. All right, we're back tomorrow with two. We're going to have a big show on NHL 24. We're going to talk to No Sleeves Gaming. He is a professional uh, NHL gamer. He is part of their um, community where he was up in Vancouver a couple weeks ago getting hands-on with NHL 24. No one knows the game better than him. The announcement was yesterday. The, uh, the play trial begins next week. So tons of info on what looks encouraging from yeah. NHL 24. Yeah. I know you guys talked about it a lot yesterday. If you're a gamer, don't miss tomorrow's show. We're back tomorrow at 2 with No Sleeves Gaming on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.